The Hayes well, vision, Maguire, it's free. Like, we have this aerial view of everything that's happening. I know, so but it's Hayes not like, it's not, like he, he knows he's free. not passing the ball to Rio Ferdinand. I, right? I, I he knows he's in front of into this. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Let's return our attention to football. I'd like to say Harriet Pryor is with us this morning. Harriet, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, yeah, good, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, we were uh, making the comparison a few minutes ago between uh, Erling Haaland's goal total and Mo Salah's. Mo Salah's remarkable goal tally, which everybody will be talking about, if Erling Haaland didn't exist. <laughs> it's really funny, isn't it? Because people were talking about Haaland earlier in the season, like he could have been a problem for this Man City side, and then he goes and breaks the record that he does. And, and look, you probably... It's difficult to compare, isn't it? Because Haaland for Manchester City is an out-and-out goal scorer and Salah is a bit more of a, a forward, versatile player. But yeah, really impressive from Haaland and you, and you can't deny the impact that he's had, particularly in his first season in the Premier League. It's a bit ridiculous. Notwithstanding that, though, because uh, Mo Salah's had a difficult season, we've been told, and you know, has uh, been adjusting to new people and uh, new patterns. And it's been an incredible return in terms of goals that he scored. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And especially now he's back on penalties and scoring them again. It doesn't, it doesn't harm either. It's funny with Salah because I think with Liverpool, there always needs to be a player that people look at and point out as not performing consistently well. And sometimes when you're Salah, you kind of make it difficult for yourself because everyone has such high expectations of you because they're so used to seeing you perform well season in, season out. I mean, he is always the one that gets Liverpool out of trouble. He is always the one that's in form when Liverpool aren't playing very well. And he has had difficult spells in the last couple of seasons. And a lot of them have followed when the team themselves have had difficult spells. And it's difficult when he's not getting the supply that he needs he's not got the midfielders behind him that are putting the balls in that he needs but in the last few games in the last runner games in particular with Trent in that midfield area he's getting really good balls into him he's making really good runs he's connecting really well with the other forward players but there's been a lot of change from Osala. He's having to adapt to playing without Mane without Firmino for most of the most of the time anyway and that's difficult for any forward player to get used to playing with new teammates and considering all of that he, he's come through the season with a really good goal return again really impressive season and, and most people would never put any doubt into their mind that Mo Salah just stay at the football club for a long time to come It felt like in the last couple of weeks that the first choice front three was going to emerge as Gakpo Jada and Salah and then last night's uh, Gakpo and Jota start on the bench. So how did Darwin Nunez, Luis Diaz and Mo Salah link up as a trio? Yeah, Jota probably would have started last night, but there was a niggling injury with his back. So I think Jürgen yeah, didn't want to take any risks, particularly with the way the injuries have crept in this season. Diaz coming back has been such a big bonus. He's so direct. He's so good with the ball. He's so progressive, such an attacking threat. I think as soon as Jurgen Klopp could bring him feasibly back into starting eleven, he was going to do so. Nunes, it was an interesting one because he was getting a really good run of games and then he dropped out of the team again and Jota was brought in. And a lot of people questioned that, but then Jota started scoring goals and it all made sense. Nunes found it a little bit difficult last night, I think, to really just find the spaces for himself because sometimes his touch was a little bit a little bit off and he was struggling to bring other players in but then he wins the penalty and that's the funny thing about Darwin Nunes even in games where you don't think he's playing particularly well he manages to bring those moments in that do make the difference a lot of people talk about chaos when they talk about Darwin Nunes and that's exactly what you get in moments last night 
And Salah, like I just mentioned, can play pretty much with anyone else in that front three. But looking ahead to next season, when Liverpool hopefully will be firing in all competitions again, you are going to need those squad options. And the forward line is one of the areas that you've really got all the options at the moment. But if I'm looking at it objectively, I think if if we had a really big game tomorrow, I think Salah would be on the left, Gakpo would be in the middle, and one of Diaz or Jota would be on the right. And that speaks to how solid that forward line is. And I don't think the manager will have any complaints. You've already mentioned it, Harriet, but Trent Alexander-Arnold's new position just works. And, and you almost look now thinking maybe they could have done this sooner because even in that, in that transition from defence to attack, Kanate can clearly cover that that kind of right-hand side of that defence uh, quite adeptly, adeptly and, and Van Dijk does, does similar. Um, you almost wish, from Klopp's perspective, they had tried it earlier. Yeah, there is obviously still teething problems and at times, even last night, especially against Tottenham, you look back to Nottingham Forest as well, there's times where both Van Dijk and Canate in particular, because he's playing on that right-hand side, have got a little bit overexposed. Sometimes Robertson doesn't know how high forward he can push. It's really impacted everyone on the pitch, but you have to say that the positives are outweighing the negatives massively. And in particular, for me, in relation to two players, and one of them is Trent himself, who has the vision from the middle of the pitch. He's able to really cross the ball from any area he wants. He's able to take a little bit more time on the ball. Literally, it's been so impressive. But not only him, I think Curtis Jones is another one who's really benefited playing in this more free role where he doesn't have to worry too much about the defensive side of his game. He's been rewarded for that six consecutive starts in a row now. And yeah, it does seem to all be clicking. Will Jürgen Klopp think, I wish I'd tried this a bit earlier, considering the run of form, six wins on the bounce, that hasn't happened all season? Maybe, but it was a bit difficult with the personnel available. Canate was out for periods of time. I would not want to be playing the system every week without Canate, I'll be honest. There was a few midfielders missing. You didn't have at times Beanie or Henderson firing. So it's kind of come in at the right time when players have hit a bit of form again and the players that are available match up to that. So... I don't know if it would necessarily have worked as well earlier in the season. And I'm really interested to see if this is the thing that we continue with and persist with into next season when hopefully new midfielders will be at the club as well. As you say, new midfielders will be at the club. Like you mentioned, Curtis Jones there. Like, what, what's his, his long-term future or medium-term future even at, at Liverpool? Like once, once Jurgen Klopp brings new players in, does he have a future? As you say, he's, he's had consistent game time in, in recent matches, but how long will that last? It's a funny one with Curtis Jones because this season he's been really in and out of the squad even and some people haven't known whether it's come down to injuries. He's obviously a young player. He's still learning his way. Whether it's come down to form and him not being quite at the level he needs to be to be in the team. And then Jürgen Klopp spoke about him at length. I believe it was it was last week or the week before and said the golden ticket into this team is working really hard off the ball. And that's exactly what you get from Curtis Jones. And he accepted that he's still got a lot to learn as a player at the age he is, but that he's just performing so consistently well, particularly in this new role. And I wonder, you know, I think he was asked actually the question himself, we're going to have new midfielders coming in. How do you feel about that? He is a player that has so much confidence in his own ability that he'd thrive with that competition. And ne- looking into next season, yes, maybe he does become more of a squad player. Maybe he does have to prove himself a little bit more and he is still young and he can think okay I'm going to play and prove myself in the games I come in now but I'm not starting option every week that's okay he'll kind of accept that that's what he's been for Liverpool the last few years although I suspect now he's had a taste of playing week in week out and fulfilling his dream of being a consistent first team player for Liverpool he's not going to want to give that up anytime soon so expect a lot from Curtis Jones people are comparing him to Ronaldo and that kind of 
workmanlike, really hard work off the ball, just a bit robust, but also got that attacking threat. And I can see that. I can see the comparison between the two. But yeah, it will be interesting looking ahead to next season in particular, how much he's used, how much he's able to impose himself on the starting eleven. But also at the moment, we have no idea who the competition is going to be. And that's well, the big question. It is. It really is. Just to, to um, tease this point out one, one last bit, it, it's great to be hardworking, as Klopp says. You do also need an athletic profile that allows you to be fast. And is, is he, does he have good high-end speed? Is he, you know, I mean, we don't really get access to the club's data and information. They, they must be impressed with him enough to keep him in the team. But do you think it's sufficiently high-level high that he could stay in the team? I don't think Klopp would have started him in the last six games if he didn't think so. He has had other options available, which you can see because he's not been playing him for the majority of the season. What I think has changed the most in the last, probably even 12 months for Curtis Jones, is his physicality. Because, as I mentioned before, he is still a young player. He was kind of growing into himself, into the role. His physicality and strength now on the ball is completely different to what it was even 12 months ago. And, and he has got that speed. Maybe not one of his top strengths when you look at some of the other players in the team, like someone like Mo Salah's pace, but definitely has got that side to his game. And when he's allowed, as I mentioned, the freedom to roam forward a bit, that's when you really get the best out of Curtis Jones. We saw more of a normal um, Liverpool last night compared to the frantic nature of that Spurs game, Harriet, which is probably something that Jurgen Klopp will be quite delighted with. More control, 1-0. Now, granted, the, the penalty controversial. Marco Silva certainly thought so after the match. But even from a pressing perspective, like you saw that from the front three that you mentioned, and even like Nunez had a chance at one point where Henderson closes down and wins the ball back. That That's more of the Liverpool that we've become used to seeing. It was more of a routine win, wasn't it? Well, less of an exciting one, maybe. But I think a lot of Liverpool fans on a Wednesday night midweek game, rescheduled one as well, would have taken that. It, it's funny because you look back to the Tottenham game and it was so frantic. There was total cruise control after three and a half. And then I almost think they don't know what to do with the lead at that point. They're thinking, well, do I keep on attacking? Do I defend a bit more? And they get stuck somewhere in the middle. Last night, they go 1-0 up and the clear game plan for me is, okay, you just had a game a few days ago. You've got a game coming up in a few days' time. 1-0 is absolutely fine here. You don't need to go mad pushing for the second one and then going all out attack. But what you do need to do is put constant pressure on the ball so that Fulham do not a- are not able to get a foot in the game. And that's what you see last night. And I think that's why the pressing game was more intense, why all the forward players are working hard in high areas of the pitch so they don't allow Fulham to break quickly on the counter-attack, which they'd have wanted to do. Yeah, I was impressed with the pressing. It is, like you mentioned, more of what you expect from a Jurgen Klopp side and hasn't always been the case this season. So, yeah, I was, I was impressed with that side of it. Alisson was, was crucial to the result last night as, as well. Harriet, like a couple of big saves, one from Carlos Vinicius relatively late on as well. Um, I, I think that someone said it was his 12th clean sheet of the season, joint third in the, in the, uh, amongst Premier League goalkeepers. He's level with Aaron Ramsdale. So, he just keeps going and going and from, from an Irish perspective I guess we always look at Cuevin Kelleher as someone we'd love to get more game time maybe a loan move now for him is the only option or a move away generally speaking but Alisson his performances have been really really good yeah, it's a shame for Keller, isn't it? Because we've seen in flashes what an impressive goalkeeper he can be. And when we're in FA Cup and League Cup competitions, he gets his chance to shine. But Alisson is such an impressive talent. And you come away from games like last night and you maybe don't reflect on it enough because he keeps us in that. Two huge saves, one crucial one really close to the end of the game where you think you could have left Anfield in a state of disappointment last night. And he is the reason you keep, you're kept in it. But he's been that for most of the season. I don't think we'd even be in the conversations that are maybe we're, we're a little bit out of it now, but for top four, if Alisson wasn't there, because he 
is always, always on the ball. And yes, he's made a couple of mistakes this season, but haven't all at Liverpool's defence. But generally, he's been the most consistent performer. For me, looking back on the season, he's probably the player of the season as well. And another really impressive performance last night. You look at Fabinho as well as another player that just performed um, and probably brings the level of players around him up when he when he plays well. He, he's one of those impact players that just clearly has a, has a massive impact on the younger players, especially in that Liverpool squad. Yeah, Fabinho is an interesting one as well because he's someone that a lot of people this season have been criticising, saying he hasn't got the legs maybe anymore at his age and also the amount he's played over the last few seasons to, to be an integral part of the Liverpool team week in, week out. But he's another one who I think with the new system playing alongside Trent in that kind of double six pivot, whatever you want to call it, has been really impressive and looked like he's got just a little bit more solidity in his game. I still think there are a few weaknesses. I think his recovery pace is a little bit shorter than what it used to be. I think his tackles in one-on-one situations aren't maybe as sure as they used to be. Those things are probably natural considering the, considering the amount of football he has played over the last few years. And you think ahead and someone like Fabinho next season, like you mentioned, he's a really good player to have around young talent. You think, could he just be someone who they learn off, maybe doesn't start games and play the entirety of 90 minute games, but comes on for 30 minute periods to shore things up. Maybe someone like Milner now will kind of fulfill the role that he's playing. I don't know how kind of open he'd be to that considering he'll want to be fighting for his place in the starting 11 every week, but definitely an integral part of the squad that you look to keep around. Harry, a quick word about um, Liverpool and the WSL. Beaten last night by Chelsea. No shame, obviously, in, in losing to this Chelsea team. But a, um, a mid-table, it's going to be a, a mid-table season, uh, establishing themselves properly in the WSL. I guess at the start of the year, that's probably about as much as they might have hoped for. Yeah, I think the women have a, a bit of a plan over the next sort of three, four, five years in the first year was really consolidating their position in the WSL, making sure that they stayed up, making sure that they weren't dragged into any late relegation battles. And not mathematically, but realistically, you know, I think they have solidified their place in the WSL for next season. They could have done with a win against Leicester and actually that turned out quite badly, a 4-0 defeat. However, I've been so, so impressed with the women this season, how they performed, particularly since January. The transfer window was really impressive for them. Gemma Bonner, you see again last night, even though we they did lose, that she is so defensively solid. She's a really impressive person to have back in, really brings that captaincy and that leadership as well. Fuka Nagano in that midfield area as well, a really good signing. So you think if they can get a few more of that really high calibre signing in in summer next year, hopefully push a little bit higher up the table the year after maybe go for those Champions League spots they need to keep working really hard because it wasn't good enough that they were in the, the championship and they weren't fighting in the WSL now they're back there let's stay there let's keep pushing on difficult defeat last night to Chelsea especially as it came in the last stages and not many people would have expected them to go 1-0 up but they'll have been proud of themselves for that performance and Kirby as well in goal making her debut and coming up with some really good saves. So, yeah, they can't take too much uh, too much sadness from it, but they have got a few difficult games now between now and the end of the season. Uh, and just in time, uh, several Irish players back and available for selection as well. Yeah, exactly. There is, isn't there? Yeah, I think Mufahi, the captain, she's uh, been out for a few games and hopefully she can make a few appearances before the end of the season because, yeah, we've missed her a lot. Just in time for the World Cup too. Great stuff. Thanks a million for joining us, Harriet. Cheers. Thanks a lot, bye. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.